Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. I would usually introduce myself tonight, but I think you've heard my name a few times. Um, Hey, these are just some really great samples of incredible stories of what God is doing in and through people's lives. They are just a small sample because over the past nine years, we have seen many people come and made a dedication to God and say, I wanna be available to follow you and to courageously step out. And some have taken, as you saw tonight, some learning spaces and others have just really served incredibly well here in our church. What never ceased to amaze me though in the last nine years is the people that come to GMS. And as you probably saw on stage, they are young, some are school leavers, and some more mature in age. But what doesn't surprise me is, well actually it did kind of surprise me a little bit, is that God is always at work in people's lives at no matter what stage of life they're in. As I said, there's been some school leavers, there's been those who have taken a year off um, their professional life, to come and dedicate their lives in this way. There's those who have young children and say, you know, I'm going to take a time and come and do this. And even this year, we had a GMS baby with us the whole year, and she's been in our environment and um, been able to, this is Kate's baby, by the way, Aurelia, who, um, you know, in her mother's womb, she came to GMS, and when she was born, she's still coming (laughs) this year, and it's been such a joy to see her a part of that. We've had people who are published writers to doctors and and others as well. Their beginnings at GMS may look really different to each other. What I have witnessed to be true, and that is the same for every single person, hundreds of them in the last nine years, is that God has been, and he still is, and he still is doing a good work and shaping their story. I believe this is true for me, and I believe this is also true for each person that is here tonight, that my beginnings don't define me. I don't believe your beginnings define you either, because God is always at work in our stories. I'm gonna um, invite Ben Island to come up um, and join me here on stage. We celebrate Ben just before in completing his Bachelor of Ministry. Is that right, Ben? Excellent. Have you got your microphone? That's okay. I can yell. You can yell. We know you can yell. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, Ben, while we're waiting for a microphone for you, um, you have just completed all your assignments. Would that be right? Uh, I submitted two 50% assignments on Friday night. So, close. One more assignment. Great. And I'm hoping and praying with you that you'll pass all of this so that (laughs) you get your bachelor's. Excellent. Hello. Yes. There we go. Good start. Good start. (laughs) Microphone in your hand. So natural. Hey, Ben, um, we want to congratulate you, actually, in the four-year journey that you've taken to actually achieve this bachelor's. So would you give him a round of applause for that? It does take a lot. Many words to complete. Um, Tonight, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your story, Ben? Yeah, well, I'm, for one, very grateful that 
you know, your beginnings don't define you. My story is I grew up in uh, a Christian home, a really wonderful home, but as the youngest of four kids uh, with older siblings who were very successful, who, you know, the kind of siblings that they knew from when they were five exactly what they wanted to do and they did it. I remember being in grade 12 and thinking, I have no clue. I, I didn't know what I was meant to do, what, I, what God wanted me to do, what I was made to do. I, I didn't really have any idea. And, you know, going forward one year, a year out of school, and I had dropped out of a degree, and I was still kind of wandering a bit aimlessly. My beginnings was, you know, feeling like I was failing to meet certain expectations of myself and what I thought others had for me. Um, and really, all I had left was a whim that, you know what, maybe God is calling me to ministry. And my parents affirmed that, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And, and I'm very grateful that I made that decision to, to go into ministry and, and, and listen to God's voice, uh, that he spoke to me through prayer and spoke to me through others as well. And so I did it. I did GMS. I began a Bachelor of Ministry, and my life has really been changed all for the better. If there's any verse that really comes to mind, it's Colossians 1.20, which Eugene Peterson puts in a way that I love, where he says, he brings all of the broken and dislocated pieces together. He fixes them and puts them in vibrant harmonies. And I didn't know what I was doing, I didn't know where I was meant to go, but it was when I started to listen to God's voice and trust in Him, and to simply say, God, I'm just gonna do what I think you're telling me to do, that things started to make sense, that actually our God of redemption began to redeem me and, and restore my life. And so many different parts of my life that didn't make sense anymore began to make sense. Things began to click. We moved out to Mount Cotton, which was a long, far away from the Mansfield that I knew. I, everything used to be five minutes. Now everything's like 30 minutes. Oh my goodness. It didn't make sense at the time. And then fast forward a year, I'm working at Gateway Redlands. I'm 10 minutes away from work rather than the 45 minute commute that it once was. And just seeing that move and seeing different ways that God has planted me and God has used me, it makes sense of everything. And I can't say that's me, but rather all it is is God planting me and using me and leading me on the right paths. And all it took was for me to trust in Him. And over the past few years of, of studying this ministry, I've been able to find my identity, find my purpose, and find freedom in these small acts of simply trusting God. And I'm so grateful for that. There's still broken and dislocated pieces of my life, for sure, that, that God is, is, I believe, working in me, and I've still got a long way to go but I'm grateful for the journey that I've had. I'm grateful for GMS. I'm grateful for you, Sav, and, and the friends that I've gotten to make along the way, like Max, who it's an honor to be able to graduate this bachelor with, and I'm really excited to see what God has for me in the future. But I'm grateful that my beginnings didn't define me, but God has. Yeah, awesome, Ben. Thank you. Give a round of applause. <clears throat> you know, um, my story actually cannot be further away, polar opposites to Ben. Ben grew up here in Australia, grew up in a Christian home, went to an incredible school, comes from an incredible heritage of um, parents who believe in Jesus and raise him. Yes, we've heard about his brokenness tonight and how God is redeeming that. Um, for me, my story actually started um, many years ago where, many years ago, if you can see my gray hair, um, my family escaped the Pol Pot War, the regime, the Khmer Rouge regime in Cambodia in the 70s. And there was about 160,000 people who had to flee the country, not all could, but 160,000 people did, and to find refuge in the neighboring countries. My family was included 
in that 160,000 people. I grew up in a refugee camp, raised by a single mum. And in the refugee camp, we lived in this kind of makeshift home that I wouldn't wish that on any single person. We, were, we followed Buddhism as our faith. You could say that my upbringing and where I grew up, I was actually brought up in quite a volatile and confronting world. I came here to Australia when I was 12 years old, had to learn how to read and write for the first time ever, because I've never been educated. English is probably like the third language, spoken language that I had to learn. Though here in Australia seems like a safer place, and it was, to be honest, I'm so grateful that our family has been able to come and find refuge here in Australia. Though that is a safe place and has limitless opportunities in front of me, I never really felt that I really belonged here. Never felt like I actually had anything to offer anyone. I mean, really, who is this refugee girl? What does she have to offer this world? Who am I and what is my purpose? Now, all of that changed when I met Jesus. It really did. I had a great teacher who was brave and bold and persistent. She would give me a Bible. Look, I can't really read the Bible at that point because I'm still learning English, but she would then spend time with me and tell me stories from this incredible book. And one of the stories I remember her telling me about was about this young Jewish girl, an orphan girl by the name of Esther, who lived in a foreign land, a strange land to herself, and somehow or another she found favor with the king and she becomes queen. You might know this story. And when she became queen, she learned of this, that someone had this plot against um, the Jewish people and is planning to wipe out her people in her land. And at, in the middle of all of that, there was a strong encouragement that came from her uncle, Mordecai, where he said to her in Esther 4.14, and who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And you, as you read on, the story continues to tell us that she risked her life and saved a generation of people from genocide. Now my teacher, I remember her, would turn to me and she would say, do you see yourself in this story? I'm like, heck no, I'm no queen. You know? <laughs> Sorry, I do not see myself in that. But I remember her keep pushing and she said, God is writing a similar story for you. You're an orphaned girl, raised by, not quite orphans, but single mom home, a hidden person, saved from a genocide, given a place here in Australia to flourish. She said to me, you know, God has positioned you and he's called you to make a difference. That there's no accident that he's brought you to this place for such a time as this. And then she shared this wonderful passage with me in Ephesians 1. Long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind, has settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure, what pleasure he took in planning this. 
And later on in Ephesians it says, for we are God's handiwork, creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which God had prepared in advance for us to do. I remember being a 15-year-old at the time, taking a deep breath in, and for the first time in my life, I felt like, hang on a second, maybe there is hope for my life. Maybe there is a purpose to my life. That God of the universe had me in mind, that he took great pleasure and time in creating me, and that he has adopted me, as the scripture says, and he calls me daughter. He calls me daughter. Where I had no father, the Father in heaven calls me daughter. And he gifted me and is preparing good works for me to do. Yes, at the time, I was still that refugee girl learning how to read and write for the first time, but still asking, who am I? But I remember that day, I think I found my identity. An identity that says, I am who you say I am, God. I'm a beloved daughter, never to be discarded, never to be rejected again. I am redeemed, saved by grace. Redeemed, saved by grace. I'm no longer a slave to my past. I am definitely seen and never forgotten, purposed for good things and not bound by the circumstances I found myself in. Some of us, if not all of us here tonight, I think you need to hear this. You need to be reminded of this truth that God of the universe, he had you in mind, he really did. He took time and pleasure, it says he took pleasure in creating you and he sees you as sons and daughters and he's prepared good works for you to do in his kingdom. No, no matter where you may have started in your journey, you may have started where Ben was, identify with that. You may have started where I was, love to meet you if you've been a refugee. <laughs> love, love to meet you tonight. Or you may have seen yourself in Esther's story, or your story is different altogether. But your beginnings do not define who you are because God is always at work in your story. Tonight, as, we look, as you look back into your story, whatever that may hold for you, it's different to me, I'm sure. So no matter where you come from, what you may or may not have achieved, or the mistakes you have made, your beginnings do not define you. It is our relationship with Jesus that does. Scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone. The new is here. Let me read that again. Isn't that good news to us? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Is that not good news tonight? Yeah? So in Christ... In Christ, we can move forward. Our past does not have to define us. However, knowing God, that God is always at work in our story, we now need to respond by taking some faithful steps. And sometimes taking these faithful steps may sound really easy. Sure, I'll follow you, Jesus. But sometimes it's really overwhelming and really hard, right? 
sometimes it's a little bit risky. Like you don't really know what this step is gonna do for your future. Or sometimes you feel like God is asking you to do something and you're like, that does not make any sense whatsoever. Why will I do that? So walking with God and taking faithful steps doesn't always make sense. I'd love to invite Max to come up and to share a little bit about his story. Would you give Max a round of applause? And would you (laughs) come closer to me? (laughs) There you go. Congratulations on completing your Bachelor of Theology this year. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, It's been six months, or or almost six months since you completed that. Um, Max, we just want to say we honor you for the way that you have applied yourself and all this time, you know, stuck to the studies. But I'm sure there's a part of your story that you'd love to share with the group tonight. Why don't you tell us why you came to GMS and where God is leading you now? Uh, I came to GMS uh, taking a gap year from, I was, I was at UQ and I decided I didn't like the degree I was studying, so I took a gap year and uh, I didn't want my brain to rot, so I was like, oh, I'll do GMS, something like academic, but kind of like low, like low load. Um, didn't turn out that way. Um, <laughs> no. um, yes, if you're planning to study, it's not a low load. <laughs> okay, great. No, but um, the... So the thing I think I've learned most about, about myself or God or what he's doing in my life through GMS is probably risk and how to take it or just to take it. My mom always said that I had a gift of being able to learn from other people's mistakes before I do things. Um, but the flip side of that was that I became really risk adverse. I never did anything on my own because of like fear of criticism or whatever or just fear of failure. Um, and... The thing I learned at GMS was a lot of just how to listen for God's voice, how to discern what he's actually saying, and that a lot of what he tells you to do is really uncomfortable. Um, I think a really good example of that was just, I was supposed to be there for a gap year, um, and then I got told, okay, no, you're gonna do a full degree in in theology, and you're gonna pursue a life of ministry. Uh, All of my friends were doing accounting, law, medicine, physio, like, and I got, a, I got a decent score in school. Like, I had options, and I had to watch all my friends go and, like, like, oh, yeah, money. <laughs> and I'm there, like, cool, notoriously well-paid position in ministry. And there wasn't, like, a guarantee of a job either. That's not really how a ministry goes. Um, I managed to somehow, by the grace of God, land a job uh, here. Um, and so that was cool. And that was like kind of comfortable and stuff. And then after two-ish years of doing that, God was like, okay, now you're gonna move on to somewhere else. And I'm like, do you know what the odds were of getting here? But um, so he told me to move on and I moved on. And um, I even got a prophetic word beforehand of like, uh, you're gonna move to somewhere, it was from Colin. He said, you're gonna move to somewhere uh, that you can't rely on any skills that you already have, right? That's what you've been doing, it's been comfy. You've been able to like use your music and stuff to be able to do this well, uh, but you're gonna move somewhere completely unknown. Um, so I now work at a boxing gym. My resume before moving to a boxing gym was that I liked Dragon Ball Z too much. <laughs> I had never boxed before. Um, so yeah, and that's cool. Um, no, it's great. I'm really happy where I am now, but it was a really big adjustment period and one of the biggest things that they worked on for me was like, 
you don't get to be analytical, you don't get to think about this job, you have to go out there and pretend at least that you know how to punch stuff well enough to show other people how to punch stuff. There's no, there's no like what ifs or anything like that. You have to have, I, the, the hand I got dealt at birth was trading common sense for like a good memory. I am programmable, you can tell me how to do something and I'll do it that way. And it's like ChatGPT, like you just keep on giving it little changes until it does it right. And they were like, no, you don't do that. You have to have common sense. You just have to have initiative and be able to like take risks on stuff. So it was, it was the step of risk listening to God being like, okay, you're gonna step out of the comfort zone. And now in this uncomfortable zone, I'm gonna teach you how to be in that spot all the time. Um, so yeah. Max. That's where a degree <laughs> in theology gets you. Wow, yes, awesome. <laughs> stay here, stay here. If there's only chat GPT for boxing, hey? Um, Max, you, you were in a, you know, what a lot of people would say a really great place to, to serve in ministry and work in ministry. So God asked you to move on. Why do you think, what, what has he said to you about why and what's in the future for you, sorry? Like what is in the future for you, for you to step out of this great place that you love to go into an unknown place? There must be a, a pretty strong reason. Yeah, my, um, my dream kind of ambition was to always bring people to God um, through creative, different creative endeavors that might normally not get to them. I think we have great, um, we have great worship music in church, but I think the area of, um, I don't know, film and animation and music that is for the gospel but not appealing to people already invested in the gospel, right? Like appealing to non-Christians but is Christian media. I think it's a little bit lacking. So I wanted to venture into that and um, this was just the step that God was pointing me to. And um, yeah, I think a, a huge deterrent for making music in the past, right? I've been telling myself for like five years, oh, I'm gonna make music soon and then just never did because I was afraid of criticism. I was afraid of taking risk. I was afraid of, I was always an excuse of, oh, I haven't learned this one skill or I don't have this one sound that I'm looking for. And this last couple of months, God's been really like, get on with it. Um, and teaching me how to be okay with that because I'm never, actually it's really apt that Jason mentioned the parable of the talents because that has been something that's really stuck with me. God doesn't tell us to stay comfortable, he tells us to take risk and I, I realized that I was being the lazy servant, right? Because I was holding on to this and not risking it. I think there's an, un, I'm not gonna add to scripture here. <laughs> but I think there's an unspoken part of that thing where if the, the servant who was given five talents came back and said, hey, I took your five talents, I tried to do something with it, I came back with zero. I think God's still happier with that guy than the guy who came back with one and kept it. Yeah. I think, I think there's, there's that element of it that I, had to, that I had to listen to. It's okay if I don't come back with anything, but it's better than just holding on to it and doing nothing. Well, Max, I reckon um, I cannot wait into the future to see the type of creative things that you would do that would display who God is to those that yet don't know him. And this step that you're taking is, is a courageous step because you're stepping out of what is known and what is comfortable in order so that for the sake of others to come to know Jesus in the way that you know how and the way that he's gifted you. So we wanna applaud you and we wanna cheer you on. So thank you so much for sharing your story tonight. Yeah. <laughs> You know, 
Max's story really challenges us that we must walk in obedience. And a lot of what he said and the steps he's taken certainly didn't make sense. He took some risks. He took some next faithful step and he's still in that season of believing that the steps that he took, that God is still writing his story. God is still at work in his story. You know, I bet Esther didn't count on the steps she had to take. If you read her story, there were definitely moments of hesitation where she didn't know what to do. But you know what she did? She prayed, she fasted, she sought some wise counsel, and she waited on God, she waited on him to tell her and to give her wisdom as to what she had to do next. And like Matt, she heard from the Lord and she took a step of faith, a risky step because it would cost her her life. And as for me, I mean, I guess tonight you heard, I am at a T intersection in my life. I am really unsure about what is next in my chapter in my story. You know, I'm talking to God like every day, right? And almost feels like every minute at the moment. I'm not sure whether you've been in seasons of that where you're asking for some answers, that you are almost dialoguing with him all of the time. And I'm saying to him, God, I have really loved Working here, I have really loved serving you and contributing to this community and to this king, your kingdom in this way. I feel really honored to have done that. I know, God, that you have spoken to me about the things that you want me to be a part of. I know that you are gifting me and give for the next season. But come on already, right? Come on already. It's been a couple of months. I know you guys just heard about it for the first time tonight, but it's been a journey. I've been walking for a few months now. And I'm like, God, what is next? And recently on one occasion, as I do when I'm asking God lots of questions, I pace and I walk in the neighborhood. I think I look a little bit ridiculous. But I pace and I walk with God. And one morning I, I felt a little bit like a loving, disciplined response from the Lord. Have you ever had one of those loving discipline kind of response from him? So for me, what he said was, you should know me by now. Do you not know me by now? Stop asking me what is next and start saying whatever is next, Lord. You see, I realize that when I'm asking what is next, I have limited God to a practical outworking of his story in my life. Because what I really am asking him is, will you just tell me what job I'm gonna walk into next? You know, come on, like just tell me, am I meant to go and work for this organization? Am I meant to go back to being a chaplain? What do you want me to do, God? Why don't you just tell me? This is my attempt, when I say what's next, God, is my attempt is to define my own journey into something I can understand into something familiar that I already know. I'm like, I can go back and do that. I can, you know, I can make coffees. I've done it before. And to be honest, sometimes I just really want an answer, a concrete one, so I can answer your questions. Because they are pretty, they're coming in hot. And they're awkward conversations. So what are you gonna do next, Sav? But I am embracing the loving discipline from the Lord and I'm saying, whatever is next, Lord. Because 
when I say that and I embrace that phrasing for myself, it shatters the limits I impose on God's work in my story. It opens me to the boundless possibilities. It's aligning my steps and my journey with his infinite capacity. God is big, right? And yet I'm trying to ask him to tell me this bit when he really wants to show me more than that. Whatever is next, that phrase, it demands trust and faith again. It requires me to submit entirely, transcending the confines of my own understanding, echoing what Proverbs 3 tells us. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. I am to trust God in this season that he has gone before me. I am to remember that I have witnessed his faithfulness. I have been witnessing his faithfulness of my life since I was 15. And I won't tell you how many years that is, so you don't have to work out my age. But since I was 15, for many decades now, I have witnessed his faithfulness in my life. So I can stand here tonight and say with complete confidence, whatever is next, Lord, as long as I get to do it with you. As long as I get to do it with you. Because you are the God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are the God that we read about in Genesis that at the beginning, your spirit hovered over this unformed earth and then you formed it into something beautiful. You are the God that created us in your image. You are the God that breathed life into us. You are the God that looked at all your creation and declared that it was good. You declared that I was good. You're still saying that I am good. You are the God who has gone before us and prepared good works for us to do. You are the God that invites each and every person to partner with you in your mission for this world. And your spirit is still with us. You're still with us today. You said in your word that your spirit is with us to be our guide, our counselor. You are the peacemaker in our life. You are the person of peace in my life. And you're always going to give us wisdom. And in fact, right now, I know that he is walking with me and I'm sure he is walking with you. Whether you're in the valley or the mountaintop, he is with you. And because this is who God is, I am able to say, I'm going to run this race that is marked out for me with confidence, right? Hebrews tells us that because this is who God is. This is the God that I have witnessed his faithfulness in my life. I can say confidently, I'm going to run this race that is marked out for me, even though I don't know what that looks like in the next step. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of my faith. The Jesus that found me when I was 15 and told me that you are here for a purpose. So I know whatever is next for me, and in fact, whatever is next for you, it must involve his great commandments. And that is to love him and to love others well, to love the one that is in front of you and to go and make disciples for Jesus. Our faithful next step always involves us partnering with God in his mission. There is no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. We need to introduce our nation and the nations of this world to Jesus because currently, did you know that one in three Australians experience loneliness? That's every third person in your row. 
One in three Australians have experienced loneliness. That's every third person that sits in your lecture halls, that is in your workplace, that is at the supermarket, that is in the streets that you walk. There are one in three people that are feeling lonely and are just waiting for a relationship connection with you, who is the example and who, of who God is. They are just waiting for that. Do you know that one in 29 Australians has never heard of Jesus? Never heard of Jesus. However, one in four, so a quarter of Australians, would be willing to come to church if you invite them. One in four. That's six million people at our doorstep right now who is just really waiting for you to say, hey, I go to this place and I, you know, it's called church and this is where I find my sense of belonging and who I am. Do you want to come? I want to show you this. One in four statistics would say, would say yes. And globally around our world, there are 42% of our world's population who are living in unreached people groups and have very little, very little, or no access at all to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So our world desperately needs the saving and the transforming message of who Jesus is. So tonight, whatever is your story, whatever your beginnings may have looked like, remember that God is at work in your life right now. He's just not at work in your life in your past. He is presently at work in your life and he will be at work in your life into the future. You might not see it, you might not feel it, but he's asking you tonight to respond by taking the next faithful step. If you're like me tonight and you're at a crossroad and you need, to, you need God to be at work in your story, you need some courage to take that next full faithful step in God. The team are gonna come in a moment and they're going to lead us. I wanna invite you, wherever you are right now tonight, if you are facing a crossroad, just like I am, and seriously, I'm praying, like I said, I'm dialoguing with God like all the time, so I'm sure you are too. But tonight you wanna say, I wanna take this next faithful step. For some of you, it might look like going on a mission team. I'm sorry, the Thailand one's leaving in two weeks but there are many more that you can go on. You might like to become a chaplain in the local school to take the message of Jesus to family and communities. You might like to take up some studies like Max and Ben did. You might like to share the message of Jesus with someone in your family or someone in your classroom or your workmate, whatever it may be. I know that God has whispered some things into your heart and what all he requires of us is to take a faithful step towards him. So if that is you tonight, why don't you get out of your seat and why don't you come to the front because what we'd love to do is to create some space for you, to, for us to stand with you. I'm gonna be down here too, by the way, because I'm still in that season of believing that God has something for me and every day I have to take that next faithful step to make it easier for you. Why don't we all stand actually where we are? That'll be great. If what I have said tonight resonate with you and you feel that the Spirit of God is speaking to you, why don't you just now, as this team comes to lead this wonderful song, why don't you come so that our GMS team 
our leaders and our pastors can stand with you and pray with you. Thanks, guys. your faithfulness I've seen you bring life with it so I'll pour out my praise again you're worthy God you're worthy of all of it your promises never fail I've got stories I'll live to tell so I'll pour out my praise again you're worthy God you're
faithful step. Give me courage. Give me boldness, God. Give me just a word from you to know how to step into that. If that's you right now, why don't you just, as we sing at this bridge, as we testify to God's goodness, why don't you come down? I know these guys would love to pray for you and just intercede for you in that part. So let's continue to worship and continue to sing. And if that's you, make sure you come on down and uh, take this chance in this moment. You're strong and I've witnessed it. You're constant, I've witnessed it. And I'm confident I'll see it again and again. You love and I've witnessed it. You heal and I've witnessed it. You save and I've witnessed it. And I'm confident. I'll see it again and again. You're good and I've witnessed it. You're strong and I've witnessed it. You're constant, I've witnessed it. And I'm confident. I'll see it again. You love and I've witnessed it. as we go out into this week. Thank you, God. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.